everyone. Welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. Today I am talking with Paul Malik. Paul is an artistic director, choreographer, motivational speaker, and much, much more. Let's listen and be inspired. Paul Malik. Hello and welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. Hello, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. Paul, you are a man of many talents and many projects. I know (laughs) our listeners are going to love hearing about your journey through life thus far, as well as the inspirational insights that you have collected along the way. Let's start by you telling us about your background, where you grew up, how you started dancing, and where that took you in life. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Thank you again for having me. I'm very excited to be talking with you. Um, I am a Australian um, dancer, a a dancer since birth, basically. I was dancing in my mother's stomach. Um, I grew up in a dance family. So my mother owned a dance studio in a small country town in Victoria. And I grew up in the studio. Every single night, every Saturday, I was around dance and loved it from the get-go. I moved to the big city when I was 12 years old to uh, basically join, I guess you could relate it to like a fame high school. So it was like a high school for the arts. So I was able to do full-time dance and my academic studies all the way through high school, which was very wonderful. And then out of high school, I went on and became a dancer. So I was classically trained and contemporary trained. And then I found the wonderful world of performing arts in my late teens and just just kept going. So I worked in cabarets, I worked on cruise ships, I worked for like Disney touring groups, I sang, I did jazz, many different styles and many different events around the world, danced in maybe four different continents around the world and um, ended up basically being the rehearsal director at, or like a stager for cruise ships in Miami for Norwegian Cruise Lines. Did that for a couple of years in my mid-20s. So I, I had a really like, if I look at my performing career, it was basically a real snapshot of my journey in life. So it was a seven year straight performing career. And then I decided I wanted to move back to Australia. So I moved back to Melbourne at about 27 years old and hung up my dancing shoes. I opened up a studio. I opened up a production company, a dance company. I opened up a media and marketing company. I was a little bit of an entrepreneur. I wanted, um, I had my fingers in many many pies and I really enjoyed the fact of creating. I I really wanted to make dance look good. I believed in, I love photography. I love graphic design. I love videography. I love film. I love the theater. Like the theater is something, it's the most magical place, the theater. I have, I built a theater now. So I actually, I'm sitting in the, in my facilities here at Transit Dance and we have 180 theater here and after this podcast I'm going to go into it and play with some projection mapping so that's really exciting (laughs) I know right I'm very very blessed to be where I am so I started transit dance maybe seven years ago 
Um, and this is a culmination. We have a dance company. We have education, pre-professional courses. So um, people who are aspiring to be professional artists. We have a high school academy now. So I've created my own little fame high school here at Transit Dance. And we have some youth programming. But the major, major part of our business is the pre-professional training. And we have uh, eight dance studios here, a theater, and also a black box rehearsal slash theater as well. So we've, we've just opened, we call it the factory. And we've just opened another theatrical space, which is really exciting because um, I haven't actually worked in there yet. So I'm looking forward to getting in there and doing that. On top of that, I basically do motivational speaking. I'm very much big on mental health, especially in the arts and um, performance psychology. And I love photography. I think I said I just love photography. I love capturing stories, my favorite pastime. So I love to tell stories. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I always forget this and I'll get in trouble for my business partner, but choreograph on So You Think You Dance Australia back when it was on and also Dancing with the Stars here, which is still continuing. I'm the contemporary consultant for many of their contemporary routines. So that's a little side, side thing that I do with my choreography. Well, that's a pretty big side thing for, <laughs> for most of us. Um, but like I said, many talents and many projects. So Transit Dance I mean, I looked it up online and just the pictures alone, it is an amazing facility. And it's so nice that you have everything under one roof. It sounds like you don't have to go anywhere for any other training. And so that must be nice for the dancers as well. Absolutely. What was your vision behind Transit Dance? Um, so I worked at a lot of institutions and there's some great institutions here in Australia. Um, the training here is of a very high caliber. But what I found was that I had really distinct um, values and culture that I brought into my classroom and not saying that other places didn't have um, similar values, but I really wanted to build a place that I could be, I could really focus on creating sustainable artists in a global economy and everything that has been happening, especially now with COVID especially, I really believe that being a great dancer in a studio isn't going to give you decades and decades of employment. I believe that you need to have many strings to your bow. We need more theater creators. We need more administration staff. We need more people who are going to make events and community projects and industry events and people who can like cultivate Australian dance scene and also spread that into the globe um, beyond that and to do that people need to be entrepreneurs people need to know how to social media market people need to know extra skills and I wanted to bring that into an education system as well as being able to create my own art and my own professional shows and my youth company and do things in one place where I didn't have to go out and hire theatres and um, work with different staff. Not that saying that's not wonderful, but I really wanted to build a team and build a place for all of my wonderful colleagues and my friends who all work for me and work with us, not for me. We work together. Um, we have a full-time staff of 12 and every single person in our staff has somehow known me in some place in my career, whether going back to the same country town that I grew up in or uh, I went to full-time dance with our performing arts director, my best friend is my business partner. My husband works here. So it, it's very much my mother and my father work here as well. And like, so it's very much a place where the people who are hold, I hold close to my world can really um, enhance their craft and celebrate how amazing the performing arts are. That's wonderful to have that opportunity. 
So obviously you think it's important for artists to open themselves up. And what would you say the extra skills or the multiple skills that would help them further their career? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's a limit. I don't think there is a limit. If you, I always say that artists cannot be complacent with their curiosity. And the more an artist is curious, the more they will be able to discover what hidden talents they didn't know they had. So I never knew that I could capture great photography, but I picked up a camera one day and started. And I wasn't great in the beginning, but as the years go by, I could be a professional photographer if I wanted to. So like all of the images that you say, that you see online, et cetera, et cetera, most of them have been taken by me. So I think that the biggest thing for um, artists to understand firstly is understand themselves and be honest with themselves. Um, understanding the, um, the benefits of routine, um, understanding what habitual habits you have. Um, and then, then once you have your routine in place and you understand yourself, you understand your gut health, for instance, like under like all of these things truly affect you as a human. If you can understand you as a human, if you can open yourself and be vulnerable, then you can go, well, then what is it that I want to do? Because a lot of a lot of dancers or acrobats, anyone who's in the art, um, they go, oh, I want to be a dancer. All right. Well, what do you want to do? I would just want to perform. And it's that kind of idea of like, but do you understand what performing is? Because performing isn't just turning up one day and jumping in a theater and putting on a show. There is so much to do with it. And we need to be able to be open to being a barista. If you love people and if you love making coffee, then be a barista and be a performing artist. I know it's not a sellout. It's actually a bonus. That's extra money in your pocket. And if you love it, do it. If you love to cook, start up your own little soup company online. Or if you're in a full-time institution, why don't you make that soup on the weekend and then sell it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to the kids? Like there's so much to do in life if you actually just go ahead and do it. Um, entrepreneurship is something that is the future. It's the, it's the present. And it's something that everyone can do. And it's finding that belief that you can do it that is truly amazing. That waking up every day and going, today I'm going to write a blog. And I don't care that I'm not great at punctuation, but I'm going to do it. And by God, you will be much better at punctuation on your 111th blog. I ranted then, but I hope that made some kind of sense. Yes, uh, definitely. You you must be a very motivational teacher. So when you're teaching dance education to the dancers, what do you think the most valuable lessons are that you teach? And what do you really want your students to learn? Mm. Um, it's so funny because I'm sitting in our boardroom and we have all of these um, wonderful posters with sayings on them. The first one is don't bury your failures, let them inspire you. So I guess the biggest lesson is every single failure is your step to success. Every failure is a success. And we hear it a lot, but people really don't practice it as much. We're so hard on ourselves, especially as artists. We're really, really critical. And removing that um, personal critique on ourselves, allowing us to make mistakes. Um, I have three I have three values and guides that I live my life by. They're my three guides of improvisation. Um, and I really, truly apply them to my life now. The first one is constantly evolving. We are constantly evolving. We can never be at a standstill. There's so many times where we feel we're in a rut or we're not improving or we're not going anywhere, but that's actually incorrect because we're continually expanding life. 
We're not going backwards. Time is always moving forward and outward. Um, the second one is endless possibilities. We can do whatever we want. We can climb to the top of that silk. We can, we can do a backflip. We can, we can make our own show or become a sound designer in our spare time, learning how to use GarageBand. We can do whatever we want. You have endless possibilities. And the biggest one, and I think this really works with your failures, is that nothing is incorrect. No good, bad, or indifferent choice is incorrect because you made it. You can't unmake your choices. So you have to be able to be honest with yourself live with yourself and move forward and learn from your mistakes. I think that they're, they're kind of the real big factors in what I want people to understand, as well as understanding that as a dancer, you are not just a physical being, you are a mental being, you're a soulful being. You, there is so much to you in being a dancer and an artist that relies on you being a human being first. I think that's so true. We're teaching the whole person, not just the physical aspect. Uh, Absolutely. So now I'm going to move on to your career as a choreographer, just so that we sort of touch on everything that you've done a little bit. Could you talk us through your process and what would you say are some of your major inspirations when creating? Mm. I, I, I love telling stories. I love real, truthful, honest stories. So, I mean, my choreographic career has been all over the place, to be honest, in the sense of I do very, very narrative-based work, I do performing arts work, and then I do abstract works that explore, and it's more based on uh, research uh, rather than a narrative or a real um, accessible kind of idea. An example would be the one of my most successful and award-winning shows is called Yours Truly, and it's a wartime love story about um, those who left and those who were left behind, and it really focuses on three different households um, and the women in those households that were left behind and then also their husbands or their partners that went away and the stage is split into and the whole story is just surrounding that that time in World War II and and the real true kind of Australian aspects of that and what happened to those families and um, it's quite an emotional thing and some some return and unfortunately some don't return and that has really resonated so much with people because it's a real story. You know, my Nana lived through it. She was left behind and he did return. And it was an amazing thing in such a terrible time in our history. And those kind of things when you can connect to the audience because choreography and storytelling can, can put you on the same level as someone. It can, it can really change your life in the sense of, I understand that I'm not alone. I did a So You Think You Can Dance routine about, about a, a mother who had just lost her child and her son um, was there trying to support her through that. And the, the message that I got from strangers after that piece who had lost a child and how it made them feel like they weren't alone and was able to connect on such a level, that's the stuff that I really, that really inspire me. And I want to tell stories that not sugar-coated stories, like real stories, because we all are living life and we all have bad things happen to us and we all do bad things and we do great things and we have sad times. And that's something that we can communicate through art and make people feel like they're okay and, you know, they're worth being here still. Hmm. Um, now I'm at a loss for words. I, I was uh, caught up in what you were saying and I think it is really important and especially as an artist to create things is to touch other people. And I feel like you are doing a great job at that. 
So thank mm -hmm. you and congratulations on all your pieces of art that you've created. Now, you also mentioned that you have a great passion for mental health in your mm -hmm. own experience and career. How did this come about and how do you advocate this in your work? Good question. Absolutely. When I was growing up and we didn't have social media, we didn't have phones, I was told that it was weak to cry. To show my emotions was a sign of weakness and therefore I would not be successful. Um, I was told that I couldn't cry because I was a man and all these things and you build up these walls. And when I was, when I came home and I was around 28, 27, 28, I got attacked by a group of six guys um, quite violently. Um, and I was thrown to the ground, kicked in the face repeatedly. I had 15 facial fractures. Um, I had two face reconstructions. Um, it was a very, 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 very tough time. And I never actually saw someone for my mental health. I saw a lot of doctors for my physical being, um, but never for my, my mental health. And it wasn't until years later that I was diagnosed with PTSD. Um, and I've gone through many, many, many moments where I've had insomnia, et cetera, et cetera. And when I went there, and I saw the psychologist for the first time, I actually realized that this doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with me. It means that actually there's so much right with me. And being able to talk to someone and being able to um, find out, it was like I went back to school and just learned so much about uh, mental health and about psychology and about worth. I think that's the thing with mental health is that if you can understand that nothing's wrong with you, you can start believing that you are worthy of greatness. And so many people um, who do suffer from depression, and I, I have to say that I think everyone at this point in time, especially with the what is happening in the world right now, have bouts where they just don't understand their thoughts. And as artists, we are the most vulnerable creatures. It's like our chests are open. And sometimes when bad things happen, they just hit us straight in the heart and they keep hitting us and we don't know how to close our chest or protect ourselves. And so we take on all this extra stress, which can truly affect us as humans and as artists and make us um, paralyzed sometimes to be able to proceed and evolve. So I think the education behind mental health in dance and in the arts and in general is something that I'm really passionate about making sure because I don't want anyone to feel like they're alone. And we all have a silent movie in our head that no one hears. We all can hear something that no one else can truly understand. So it does feel at times that we are alone and that's okay because that means that we're not alone because we're all going through the same things. And this, I, I'm not sure if this is how your book came about, but <laughs> I'd like to mention that you know, in addition to everything else that you do and have done, you also just published a book. I believe it came out February 2021. Oh, so look at you doing your research. Well yeah. done. <laughs> so fairly recently, did that inspire you to write the book? Absolutely. Um, I always kind of wanted, I, back in, my friend reminded me back in 2013, she goes, if you weren't doing this, if you weren't choreographing, if you weren't teaching what would you do and I said you know what I'd probably write a book hmm. and a couple of years ago I just sat down one day and I started writing and then two years later I had a book and it's kind of like it's called the secret to a successful and happy life and it's very much about my journey and my philosophies and how I came about my philosophies there's a line in that we are the greatest problem solvers of our own existence and I think that people People 
sometimes need to be reminded just how great they are. Um, because we are, we have an infinite bat of strength. We are, we can move mountains with our minds. Like there's so much that we can do as individuals. Um, and I believe that this book hopefully could help some people realize that even though I come across, I say happy Monday, happy Tuesday online every single day, because I believe that we should all be happy, but that doesn't mean we are always happy. <laughs> Does that make sense? So I think yeah. that the book really, really, um, has resonated with so many people. I always said if one person reads it and it changes their life or if it helps them get through another day, then it was worth writing. And the feedback so far from the people who have read it has been really wonderful and heartwarming. And I literally sometimes just open it up and just start reading because I also need reminders of what <laughs> my philosophies are um, because, you know, running a business and going for leather all the time can be you know draining it can be stressful and we just need to be reminded that we're okay and we can do it we can be we can motivate ourselves and find what it is that we are great at well i think you've given us lots of pieces of advice but if you could give the dance teachers or dance students one more piece of advice what would it be for dance teachers my my biggest my biggest piece of advice is that every single human being that steps into our studio is of the exact same worth and to treat people not by ability but by potential potential to be great humans i feel that we have the most amazing power and blessing to guide the next generation of human beings into society by teaching them dance and teaching them arts. And I think that we get so wound up in the steps that sometimes we lose sight of the value that we can give the next generation of artists. Um, and to those artists, I just say, please be yourself. Try not to fear what you look like. Uh, embrace who you are and take that into your dance because there is a place in dance for everyone. You do not need to look a certain way. You don't need to dance a certain way. If you love dance, you will find your place in the world. Beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That was unplanned, but I'm glad I got it out. <laughs> it was perfect. I think, you know, what I think at this point in time with what is happening around the world, I believe what you have said in this interview could really help a lot of people. And I think it's maybe what a lot of people needed to hear or need to mm -hmm. hear to maybe bring more hope to the situation. So thank you, Paul. It was a pleasure meeting you. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. No problems at all. And hopefully our paths will cross again in the future in person when travel returns. I'm certainly inspired and I can't wait to read Paul's book, The Secret to a Successful and Happy Life. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.